the comic book pit. Okay. Welcome back to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is Comic Book Pit episode 359. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean. Hello. And Link. Hey. And on the Comic Book Pit, we read comics and watch stuff, uh, usually but not always comic-related, and we talk about it and discuss it. Uh, There's a spoiler warning. Uh, This is a review show. So uh, when we talk about newer books, we try not to give too much away about the books we're talking, you know, we're reviewing. But sometimes it happens, so that's your warning. But we had some, uh, I think, some some TV stuff to talk about first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, usually this is this is the time of year for all kinds of news and announcements. In fact, this I think this week is the isn't it the uh, Comic Con at home? Con? Yeah. Yeah, the virtual Comic Con, Comic Con at home, uh, which I think starts tonight, right? It's usually Thursdays, usually like for San Diego Comic Con, Thursday night's usually the first. Yeah, I think you're right. Official day. It's usually a four day show: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Obviously, the <laughs> the actual show is not happening because of uh, COVID nineteen, which I think this is the first the first time in. I want to say like 50 years at the show. No, that can't be right. Mm-hmm. The show's not been, the show's only been going since the seventies, I think. So no, I think you're right. I think it is 50 years. Is it? Oh yeah. I guess it is. Did it start in 1970? I think so. Let's see. I have internet. Okay. You, you, you check that. And anyways, San Diego comic con has been going on for a long time. That much we can agree on, <laughs> but this is the first year in a long, long time that it is, not taking place uh, in person, so yep. they're they're doing the virtual. I guess they're having like virtual panels and virtual announcements, and I I don't know. I I have not looked too deeply into it because I I generally well just in, well in general when it comes to San Diego Comic Con, it's hard to keep up with. Yes, all, all the announcements. I usually am kind of a I find out things as they are. You know, as they're announced, I'm not usually right there on the front lines, like getting breaking news. So there's definitely probably going to be a lot of stuff coming out this week and weekend about shows, movies. Yeah. Actually, this year would have been their 50th anniversary. Wow. That sucks. Founded March 21st, 1970. That, that really sucks that their their 50th anniversary mm-hmm. happened like this. So, well, anyways, sorry, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, <laughs> that really sucks for everybody. Um, but anyways, so so Link, so there were some, some uh, TV topics we wanted to talk about. Yeah, um, 
so the one thing that got announced that was I was totally not expecting to hear about this at all was uh, I guess Gotham Central or I, I don't know if are they calling it Gotham Central or the, is it just a Gotham police procedural show? Yeah, I don't think it's, HBO. I don't think it's been officially titled. But as that's what we're yet. all calling it. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah, anyone who's in the know knows that it's probably going to be based on uh, Gotham Central, which was written by uh, I think Ed Brubaker and, and Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka, and uh, God, that was such a good book, and there was such a the 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 artists that were on that book were just amazing as well. Yes, but, but I mean that 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 book was like a a master class in comic book storytelling. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I guess we all kind of went through the, this, this emotional roller coaster when Gotham was announced and we thought it was going to be Gotham central. <laughs> yes, but I, 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 have, I have bigger hopes for the HBO version. I, I, I don't think they're going to give us Gotham on HBO. I hope not. Yeah. We, we, we had this discussion a week or a week or so ago on our, comic book uh like our our messaging just between yeah. us and yeah because I, I think sean brought that up he he asked you know well isn't that what gotham was and i think that's what gotham was supposed to be and then it just turned into this like crazy ass <laughs> just i i don't even know like a fever dream of of what it, they thought yeah. it was going to be it was yeah gotham always felt like it was like tim burton meets adam west meets a low budget mm-hmm. <laughs> like wow which is fine like gotham filled its role um but it wasn't what anybody wanted um it was sort of like this weird side experiment um but yeah it was basically jim gordon year one yeah but not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and totally off book. Like Gotham always felt like it had a love for the source material, but did not want to adhere to it whatsoever. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. They they had this this wealth of material, but it's like they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, like they were like, we could do things the way you expect us to, or we could, you know, make um, Jim's wife become a, you know serial killer <laughs> and that's why he divorces her and you know this and that and all you know riddler worked for the gcpd and like you know it, it kind of went all over the place i think i think the biggest disappointment of that show was we never saw him grow a mustache yeah what that never happened yeah he never had a mustache oh what the right? hell because when he because when 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 the show opens he what he he just joins the the guy like right doesn't he just transfer into gotham the gotham pd yeah he's like from new york or something like yeah it's very like i'm just so from some regular city yeah so he's he's young he's like a lieutenant he and he's fresh-faced he doesn't smoke no glasses no mustache and he's like an you know he he's the good cop in a dirty town type yeah. of thing yep oh man well I know I checked out the first episode and I was not like amazed. Like it didn't catch me like at all. Sure. Yeah. It just felt like law and order. And I'm like, eh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Go watch law and order. Also the mustache was a bit of put off, but I 
I guess in hindsight, I would have been like, all right, I guess he's young, so I guess he doesn't grow the stash. But now the fact that you told me that he didn't have it in it at any time in the series, kind of like, you know. Yeah, I thought at some point they would maybe do a time jump or maybe it would be like, oh, season, you know, like it would be like, oh, we're coming back from season two. Season three starts and he has a mustache or something like. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it was always um, but kind of uh, a regular narrative, I guess, in that sense. Although I think near the end, I, I never did finish it. Um, I think they did do a brief time jump probably during the last couple episodes, but even then, I kind of doubt anything well, yeah. worthwhile ever came of it. Well, in the in the very last episode, like the last scene of the last episode you see Batman sort of. Yeah. So it's very like Smallville where it's like, he's Superman, I guess. Sure. And it, yeah. Cause he's, you, you see, you see the character from like a hundred yards away. Yeah. Like on a rooftop or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you Google it, if you do like a Google image search for it, there, there is like a close up of him and it looks, I mean, it's just the, the worst the worst bat suit ever. Sure. But what do you, you know, what are you going to do? I guess, you know, for the 10 seconds he's on screen, you're not going to get a great, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But anyway, so, so yeah, so they announced this, um, this Gotham PD procedural procedural drama to air on, on HBO which is pretty exciting considering what a great job they did with Watchmen. Yes. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel as if like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm assuming here, but I feel as if this might've been something that they were planning to do for DC universe at some point in time. And then that, you know, the nails went into that coffin and they're like, all right, well we still have this cool idea. (laughs) Where, Where can we put it where it makes sense? And, HBO was a good fit for like a gritty police procedural crime drama. Mm-hmm. This, you know, if, if you're a Batman fan, I would say don't get too excited because yeah, because Batman probably will not appear um, because in Gotham central, he was not, he, he, he was, he, a, he was around, he was around, but you would just see glimpses of him. Yeah. Um, he was never, he would never show up in, at, you know, on the, on the roof with the bat signal and be like, okay, guys, what can I help you with? I mean, in fact, if anything, the cops almost resented Batman. Yeah. Because they felt like they, that he made their job harder and that his very presence invited all the, the 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 freak villains mm-hmm. you know so it's like it, things were just made harder by his presence um but the but the story itself or the, the 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 comics themselves were definitely more they were mystery based i mean you you had two great um mystery writers at the yeah. helm of this book and they that's what they did they wrote mysteries not like comic book action stories. I mean, these were real mysteries with real human characters and real human moments. And just the, uh, the, the thought of this being brought to life is, is very exciting to me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and it was yeah them having to deal with the the supervillains too, like you know to be like oh well, uh, what are these two regular cops going to do about Mister Freeze? And that's you know that would be like an issue. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like oh shit, there's you know there's a lot of creative thinking going on when they were writing those kind of scenes because they weren't they weren't Batman. They had mm-hmm. to you know use whatever whatever they could as a regular you know police officer. Yeah, when I think in in the in the first story arc one of the um, one of the investigating detectives actually does get injured by like Mr. Freeze's freeze ray. And he's like, his hand is all bandaged, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff like that. It's, it's, it was really, really neat to watch just regular cops and, you know, going after these, you know, like super villains. Cr- yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I have to admit, I, I always knew of it. I just never got around to read it or maybe it just didn't catch my fancy. Yeah. I mean, I, I found out it, you know, obviously after the fact, but I, I always heard that, you know, that was one of those big deal comics. I was like, all right, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. It's um, like I said, if, if you're at all interested in, in the, like a, like a police procedural comic um, it's the, 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 the writing is top notch and the, the art that they like the, the artists that they had on this book were phenomenal. Um, I want to say they had uh, Michael Lark was the main artist. That sounds right. But they, they rotated in a couple of other mm-hmm. artists that, that were had like similar styles, like kind of a, like a, again, like that kind of dark, uh, like a lot of, a lot of heavy, heavy inks. You know, it really had like a, like a film noir, yeah, and they rotated Look. the writers. Of, I mean, it was it was always Brubaker and Rucka, but it wasn't always like a collaborative effort to be like, all right, well, here's Rucka's yeah. Rene Montoya arc, and then Brubaker would do his arc, and then mm. sometimes they do an arc together. But yeah, it was it's a little bit of everything, I think, which was kind of cool too. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'll have to try to uh, get that or something, and maybe read it. Yeah, they're definitely worth a read. Yeah. Um, if you use the, uh, the, the hoopla app, I, I found them on there. There's only, there's only four trades worth of Gotham central stories. Um, it didn't go terribly long. I think the, the, the books only like the issues only ran into like maybe the late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. I think it's up to like 24 to 30. Yeah. It only ran like two years, maybe two and a half years. So um, it's like the, they should be easy to find, you know, either the issues or the trades. But um, yeah, if, if you're a Hoopla app user, uh, I know for a fact that they are there because I've already I've, I've already <laughs> added them to my favorites. So. All right. Heck, yeah, I'll look it up. Well, keeping uh, keeping things in Gotham, there's there's there was also some other. Uh, news about uh, Batwoman. Yes. Um, let me. So they did. They cast an an actress to play Batwoman with the to replace Ruby Rose. Well, not even to replace Ruby Rose to replace the whole character. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, that is that's all done with. Um, the, at least the way I'm reading this, there it's. I'm going to mess up her first name, 
Javisha Leslie, J-A-V-I-C-I-A. But yeah, she's going to be the next Batwoman. Um, she's a person of color. She Her character origin, what, what's her character's name? She's not Kate Kane. She's Ryan Wilder. Um, so it's a totally new character. Yeah, this is someone who's not even in the comics. Yeah, she's not in the comics. She's She hasn't been in the show at all. According to this, she spent her life doing what it took to survive in Gotham, like uh, pushing drugs and clashing with the city's police officers, but she has her own code of ethics and blah, blah, blah. It sounds like she's kind of like a criminal with a heart of gold kind of thing going on who, I guess, for some reason decides to be Batwoman. And she's also conveniently a lesbian, so (laughs) they still have that going. Yeah. I I have no problem with her with the character being a lesbian, but at the same time, it's like, it's a little on the nose. <laughs> yes. Like, does she, is that a prerequisite for anyone that wants to be Batwoman? Like, yes. Nope. Are you gay? <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Um, so yeah, I felt like that was a little, I'm like, okay, that's a little disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing I was like, okay, well, what a quinky dink. Um, but it is interesting. And I, it makes me wonder, um, with her background and if they're, if they're trying to uh, capitalize on, you know, current world events, making a, 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 like a, like a black bat woman who's has like a former passes, maybe like clashing with police and stuff like that to be like, Oh yeah, this is Mm -hmm. like a, you know, like she, she won't be working with the police and she won't be trusting the police and, bringing that kind of an angle into it, which would be interesting. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe something like the, the, the trust will have to be earned on both sides. Yeah. You know, maybe cause maybe, cause I, I can't believe that she won't need the police's help at some point, but yeah, like, but the character at her core, it sounds like she's always been like anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take some time for her to, warm up to the idea of like, Oh shit, I kind of need the cops here. Yeah. And, and then obviously that all also depends on what the setting even is, is if the cops even exist or if it's still the crows or mm-hmm. if we're 20 years in the future, or, you know, they didn't really say what they're doing. Yeah. That's a good point. We, we really know very little about how this transition is going to take place. Um, I didn't finish watching the first season. So I don't know how they left it. I mean, they, yeah, they leave it wide open to be like, uh, you know, there's, there's unresolved everything. I mean, but like with the carrot, like, like what happens to like, it's at the end is Kate Kane, like, like uh, she, something happened or if I, if I remember right, she's, she had a confrontation with her, her father. Um, not, not as, you know, Kate Kane, but as Batwoman where she realized that like, she'd never be able to trust her father as Batwoman. Like he just viscerally hates Batwoman. Mm-hmm. And so that she could never come out to him as Batwoman. Um, and so she's kind of like hunted more so than before by the crows now. Like they, they want her dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, maybe it could end with like, Oh, she's just, she just left. <laughs> like like she 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 hung it up already because she couldn't handle yeah yeah which would be an unfortunate way for them to write that out but you know that it's that's certainly 
the easiest solution, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll uh, see if uh, was her name Ruby Rose. Yeah, if she wants well, to like, yeah. yeah, like do like a like a Doctor Who type of thing, like do the episode to introduce the new. Yeah, character. they they could bring her back. Just you know, they could say, hey, look, we'll pay you this if you give us. 15 or 20 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really, it all depends on whatever the heck happened. The the way it's been, that's still shrouded in mystery. Oh, I was going to say, I thought it's been reported. Like they, they left on mutual terms. Like she didn't have any animosity towards them. She just was done. She's like, I'm out. Ah, well, she yeah. had. Didn't, <laughs> didn't she have a? Didn't this all start with like she had a an injury? There was, there was an injury that happened. Like that's, from a stunt. That's, like that she had a back original, injury. Yeah, that was the original assumption that this had something to do with her getting injured on set, and it still might. And maybe there's some kind of grudge there. But one, I forget what it was, but there, somebody asked her about, um, you know, why why she was leaving, or or or, or maybe it just came up naturally. And, she said like some cryptic thing of like the people who need to know, know, which leads me to believe it's not just a, uh, an amicable thing. I mean, maybe, maybe it's that way overall that she's just like, well, yeah, if we're, we're just done. It's fine. But, but I have a feeling like something happened mm-hmm. and there's, you know, maybe not the best relationship between her and maybe somebody else on the set. Or somebody, maybe the stunt crew, or or who knows, something like that. But who who knows? It, it would be nice if she did come back, and they they didn't, you know, just abruptly do this. Yeah, like I said, if there was some some passing of the torch, or or even an opportunity to, for Ruby Rose to return, like you know. T- two seasons into the show, like down the road, like mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and who knows, maybe we'll find out something this weekend with, uh, yeah. you know, with the whole virtual comic con, maybe they'll have some sort of Batwoman news. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll have some, I'm sure the CW will have a lot to, to talk about, honestly, because they left a lot. Oh, the COVID feels like it's one of the few shows that COVID really impacted were all the CW shows because of the way that they record them. Mm-hmm. Um, at least anything else I was watching seemed to have already been in the can well before it started airing. But I know CW always like recorded them like maybe like three weeks in advance or something. Right. Again, uh, I forget where this came up. Um, and this might, this is just, you know, maybe this is just the rumor mill or something, but it, it sounded like, um, I assumed when when Brandon Ruth left Legends of Tomorrow, that was his choice. But I guess they just wrote him out of the show. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. I just assumed that he just got you know he was, you know he had he had been on, you know all the show like he started on Arrow and he was a supporting yeah. character on Arrow and yeah then he I figured was, he was done and then I figured he was just tired of it or just yeah, he, he wanted to take yeah. a break. Yeah, he made like a farewell post on his Instagram or something, and somebody commented on it. I was like, Oh, I wish you wouldn't have left or something. He was like, well, the decision was out of my hands or he made it sound like he didn't have a choice or he didn't expect it. And I was like, Hmm. Oh, weird. So who knows what CW is up to with all their superhero shows. That, that is weird. Cause I, 
I, I, I started um, trying to catch up a little bit on um, Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I kind of came to the realization that I'm like, wow, there is like virtually none of the original cast nope. left. It's just there's uh, there's Heatwave, yeah, and uh, White Canary or yep. whatever Lance, uh, yeah, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah Lance and Mick Rory, and there was um, Ray Palmer, mm-hmm. who is no longer on the show, and that is it, right? Because everyone else yeah. is on. Everyone else is on the show is a newer character. Yep. I mean, they they brought Constantine on the show, mm-hmm. and. Well, and and did did they? It seemed like well, at least the episodes I was watching, it seemed like they were trying to write uh, Steel off the show, or at least like like they they made him like a, a an an office support in the in the. Yeah, I feel uh, during that season he was like definitely off to the side, and but then he 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 does return in the next season as like a regular. You know, he's on oh, okay. the ship all the time. So I, I also got that vibe that they were just writing him out. Um, and then they didn't. <laughs> okay. And then um, who else? The um, Who's the... She's not Vixen, but she has some sort of... Oh, the changeling person, Charlie. Yeah. She has like a totem or something. Is that... Or, or am oh, I thinking not someone Vixen. else? Oh, sorry. No. Um, she doesn't really yeah. have a name. Zari. Zari, no. yeah. Yeah. Wait... She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zor- she's Isis. Oh, okay. Is, that's why she doesn't have a name, because. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she—that's her DC counterpart, I guess. Character superhero name. And but then, yeah, she's got like a wind totem. Yeah. Gosh, I guess I need to catch up on that. I then is anyone? Am I missing anybody? Um. Well, like I said, there's there's Charlie who's who might be in the season that you're watching. That's a shapeshifter that takes the form of Vixen. No, okay, then I didn't get that far yet. Okay, she she was also a series regular for. Once they get her, she kind of sticks around. Uh, I just feel like they got they kind of got rid of all the interesting characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Zari, Zari is a super interesting character. They do some cool stuff with her. But yeah, um, at least all the maybe like more traditional, yeah, superhero characters they got. Yeah, rid all the, oh yeah, they got rid of almost all the superheroes. They got rid of Firestorm. They got rid of Captain Cold. Uh, the the Hawkman and Hawk Girl got. I mean, yeah. they, they they didn't even last the first season. Nope. Yeah, uh, and and, and uh, Rip they uh, Rip yep. only lasted a couple of seasons. And then, yeah, and then they they bring in. Um, uh, what? Oh man, but Sarah's um the the head of the uh time bureau oh, girl. Her, his her, her girlfriend. Yeah, her girlfriend's a series regular, and Gary is a series regular. Oh, the he's like he's like of the comic other time exempts. Yeah, there's like a lot of the time bureau executive people get you know in as series regulars, not on the ship for like missions too often, but mm-hmm. they're they're there. Um, but yeah, no, Constantine kind of became the driving force of this latest season. Um, and I guess even the season before that, but this one more so where he, it was like all center stage with him. Yeah. 
Um, I want to say he's like the biggest superhero name that's on that ship. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm actually. I'm. I'm really glad that that actor decided to basically just go all in and embrace that character because yes. a he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. B they. I feel like that show would desperately needs a, like just a character. I mean, they, they, they need someone to like shore up the, 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 the table a little bit. Like they had so many legs kicked out from under them. Like there's, mm-hmm. like I said, there's no one really interesting on the show anymore. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say Ray Palmer was ever interesting, but he was definitely the heart of that show. So it, it was surprising for him to well, have been removed from it. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I mean, I get that the show now is, is not the show that it was when it first started. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But I still feel like, you know, if, if you want to like keep the, the viewers or reel in the viewers, like you got to give them some, some names. Yeah. You know, you got to give them some, some characters that they are going to recognize. Yeah. A lot of it does feel like just the original characters for sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure we'll hear more about all the CW stuff at, at this Comic Con weekend. I know. I know we're going to hear about New Mutants. Gosh. <laughs> oh wow! I, for, I, I forgot. <laughs> that, I forgot that New Mutants even existed as a as yeah. a as a movie. They're they're having a panel today tonight. What? <laughs> yeah, to to hype it up again. To be oh, like, boy. don't worry, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Please oh. see this movie that's been struggling to come out for like two years. <laughs> I would say it's a, it's a movie ten years in the making. <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of curious. Uh, going back to the CW one, I know sure. they, were, they were talking about like doing swap thing. Like oh yeah, but they were going to air the 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 stuff that was that already came out in the DC Universe app. So that I don't know if that aired yet or if it was going to air, but it was like a ten ten episode series mini series that was canceled oh and that's kind of it yeah i still haven't watched that i i, I really well I'm, I'm i'm behind on everything in the on the dc universe app log sure I still, yeah i i was still trying to finish um season one of doom patrol um i want to watch season two of titans yeah and then what season two of doom patrol is out right Yes, yeah, that's airing right now. And um, I keep hearing great things about the the Harley Quinn animated. Yes, that show that's also really fun. And 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 I heard again nothing but great things about Swamp Thing. And then unfortunately, Swamp Thing was canceled because of budgetary <laughs> reasons, because legal loophole text. Yeah, something. yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, literally, somebody forgot a word in a contract. And it it was going to cost them like ten times as much to produce the show yeah. in 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 uh, North Carolina than it was supposed to. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Just because someone screwed up the paperwork. Th- that, that's really all it was, Sean. Someone screwed up the paperwork, and <sighs> and, and they had to. They're like, okay, we're one season. We're one and done. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate because one one because it's on the cw so i feel as if it i mean maybe it'll be easier to stream elsewhere like netflix or something but i i almost feel as if it's just gonna like 
fall into the void and only be available to stream from like the CWC app or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. nobody's going to ever get to see it. I don't think he had Constantine up on a CWC. Yeah, I don't know good if point. It's there. I, I tried little... to watch it. I'd like to try to finish that, that uh, series. Because it, it started out really good. Yeah, it, it was fun. And then, yeah, and then they didn't make more, which I, I, I it was probably because they put it on NBC instead of yeah, CW. I, I always forget that that started out on NBC. And that was another one that I, I think I watched the first episode of and I thought, oh, this is just okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything special. And then I, I never finished it. Yeah, I, I was interested enough, but then, I don't know, life got in the way or you know, you sure. get caught up in things and you're like, uh, I'll just catch up later. Watching superhero TV is like a full-time job to uh, be honest. Yeah. These days it really is because it's just everywhere. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just on one channel or two channels or apps or whatever. It's like on four different you know, or five. Yeah. It's like so many streaming services have so many comic related TV shows and movies. I mean, like even the stuff on Netflix, that's not, you know, um, Marvel related. Cause they stopped producing Marvel shows, but there's like the umbrella Academy, sh- uh, you know, seasons yeah. one and two, um, all the movies that are based on comics, like the old yep. guard. Yeah. I haven't even watched the old guard yeah. yet, but last yeah. days of American crime is, is yep. based on a Rick Remender comic. Um, and that that Chris Hemsworth movie uh, Extraction is based on. Is a that comic. really? Yeah. Really. Yep. Okay. Huh. And then then you got freaking um, Valiant coming out with freaking movies like like Bloodshot or whatever. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> and Warrior Nun. Oh yeah, Warrior Nun. Yeah. Like I was kind of amazed that came out. I was like, really, man, I remember the name in the nineties and I thought it was like the most absurd thing. And I'm like, here it is 30, 20 years later. No, like any, anytime I fire up anything, I'm like, Oh, based on a graphic novel. Like good. I it just, it's just literally everything that comes out now. Oh, well, I just read today that, um, Robert Kirkman's invincible is going to be an animated series on Amazon prime. Oh, I did hear something about that. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's going to be Glenn from the walking dead Good. is, is uh, voicing uh, invincible Mark. That's uh, awesome. Mark Grayson. Oh, I saw the cast. I I, I got to look it up because the, uh, yeah, I remember there were some good names in there. JK Simmons is playing his dad, uh, Omni man. Uh, Sandra O oh is playing his mom. Uh, Mark Hamill is in it. Seth Rogen. Jillian Jacobs, Walton Goggins, Jason Manzukis, Zachary Quinto, Carrie, Carrie Payton, who I think is, uh, who plays, what's his name on walking dead. Um, the King, uh, who's the King, the guy with the tiger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's him. Yep. That's him. Yeah. It's just uh, this all-star cast. And, uh, I'm, you know, not that into animated shows, but I'm like, I will watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just says it's supposed to come on in 2020, but that's very vague. Yeah, well, but again, we we may find out more this weekend. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. Everything we 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 keep we keep everything we're back. talking about, we'll we'll have new information for you to, tomorrow. Yeah, 
<laughs> literally everything we're talking about is invalid. Well, I mean, technically, with animated shows, it'll be ten times easier to get them out than the well, live action. Say, yeah, there's gonna there's That's certainly true. like a, an uptick in the demand for animated shows right now with all these restrictions. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure we're gonna see a lot come out over the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I can't wait. I forget. There was like another show I was hearing that was based on a comic that was coming out that was going to be animated. Oh, Ujimbo. Um Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you saw Ujimbo? Yeah. Wow. That's coming on Netflix. Yep. That's awesome. I don't know when, but it's coming out. <laughs> so that's going to be pretty cool. I wonder if they're going to stick with uh, his style of drawing or they're going to try to do like their own thing. I'm kind of like the latter because I wouldn't mind seeing that type of style. Like, I'm not a huge Yojimbo fan. Like, mm-hmm. not because it's awful to me or anything. It's just, it, it was one of those books. Like, again, comics is just like this big old playground and you hear things and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll get to that. Like, I have a book downstairs I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a pretty interesting style. It'd be kind of interesting to see, like, animated, because he has, like, all those really nice line work. And with animation, what it is now, like, mostly either computer or, well, mostly computer, I should say. You know, you can mimic that hand-drawn style and keep all that little line shade that he does. Yeah. But then I kind of feel like it needs to have, like, really, I don't know, kind of like... Uh, the only per- name that comes to mind, and it's going to sound silly, it's, but I guess his nickname goes by Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, the character design for Spectacular Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Like that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing that comic adapted with that style. That would be pretty fun and fast-paced. That for some talking about art styles reminded me of the when they kept the art style for for um Sabrina in the intro when they used uh, that was oh, Robert oh, Hack yeah, right? yeah that yeah. was Robert Hack's art yeah so I was just thinking about that and that that also reminded me about Sabrina actually just was canceled so I'm very distraught yeah that's kind of a, that's a bummer because I I, I th- if um, I don't know if this was true or not, but it sounds like they were going to work on a Sabrina Riverdale crossover. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were going to try to do something with that um, to a lesser extent. Uh, Katie Keene got canceled. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they didn't. That Well, they only had one season, but they didn't renew it, um, which was unfortunate because uh, for, for a show that like that's not in my typical wheelhouse of shows. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, so it kind of feels like the Riverdale experiment is coming to a close soon. Oh, wow. Oh, really? That's my gut feeling. Um, they're kind of wrapping it up to, uh, the college years with this next season. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I kind of feel as if like that, that's kind of all you get, right? Like it's, (laughs) it's like glee when they like, you know, oh yeah, they all went up to all college, and it's like, yeah, it's all despair, and then and then they still try to have like a high school story too, and I'm like, y- you you can't do everything, right? Yeah, it, yeah. At some point, you just gotta like once everyone scatters, it's like you either gotta follow them or 
you got to bring in like a whole new cast and then yeah. focus on them. Yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of feel to that where, where Riverdale was going to go. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing they've got one more season in them. Well, I can't wait because I, I'm actually, I'm saying that kind of facetiously because <laughs> there Riverdale is so, is such a batshit crazy show. I, I feel like what else can you do to these characters or, or with them? Or, I mean, like you've done so much yeah. crazy shit with characters that are supposed to be in high school, <laughs> but like, they're running their own businesses. They're having fight clubs. They have bars. <laughs> they're having hey, sex clubs. I mean, it's hey man, like, that's the CW. Yeah. Like, Smallville is the same way. Like they're all in high yeah. school. There's like drag races. I think there was fight clubs, like superhero fight clubs. And, mm-hmm. uh, Oh man, I can't remember. There was like another thing with Clark. I think he, like there's some sorority vampire club that he got caught up in. I'm like, what the hell? Well, I would, I would give that, I would, I would give them a little, I would give Smallville a little bit more latitude because it was supposed to be like more based on a, you know, like the, 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 the conceit was, it wasn't just Clark that crashed into this town. It was like all these meteorite fragments that gave people powers or, caused all kinds of crazy shit to happen. Um, Riverdale is just insane <laughs> from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and to say that the first season is the most reasonable, rational season is really saying something. Yeah. Because what they've done since then is just beyond. It's just not so I'm, I am weirdly, like it's it's for me it's like it, it's a car wreck like I don't want to look but I kind of have to. Yeah, no, I mean and they That's how I feel about Riverdale. They they do it well enough where it's like okay, we're going to we're going to have a whole subplot about the mystery behind, you know, Jughead's grandfather's creating the Hardy Boys. <laughs> and that's just like the the normal story yeah. of that season and the rest is like you know, bad shit. Uh, serial killers making snuff films out of murdering people with like yeah. the classic Archie style masks on. And I'm like, what? Or, <laughs> or, or you know, Archie's going to be this armed vigilante wearing. Oh a- yeah. He's oh got, yeah. He, he's got to he run the youth center and be a vigilante protecting it from gangs. Or, or my, 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 my favorite was when they, they, they had that really, that kind of distorted version of, Dungeons and Dragons. It was called like, oh yep, ghouls and goblins or something. And yeah, and then it turned out to be some. the The game was a recruiting tactic by a from a cult. Yes, or something. Yep. It's like it. It really it like it. <laughs> it, it gives you a headache <laughs> to try and keep the these mom's like deep wow. cover in the cult. Like yeah, working for the FBI and the FBI agent happens to be Betty's brother. <laughs> That she's never met. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's like <laughs> uh, I I I I can't even. I'm just I'm, I'm losing it's like a, words. It's a soap opera cranked to eleven. It's it yeah. really is. It, it's 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 a soap opera on crack. Wow. It's like or it it, it, it like Riverdale makes telenovelas look ra- like rational, yes. yeah, and reasonable. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I guess I need to check out more episodes. Of that <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's. Uh, I checked out at the first episode. And I was like, all right, this is obviously not my. This is not my demographic, so I'm just gonna roll out. But apparently, I need to see this car wreck. Yeah, that's I mean that's kind of how it is. It's just like what you really how far, how far off the source material can we go while still utilizing it? it it's it's very much in that same Gotham vibe where it's but like you know like I said, crank to eleven. Where you can tell watching it, they're like, oh, they have an appreciation for, you know, the Archie source material. They're going to use it the completely wrong way. Well, you know, at least like the first season, it felt a little, it felt focused because it was, it was like, it was a murder mystery kind of. It was like, who, who killed, was it Jason Blossom? Yeah. Yep. So that was interesting. But then also in the first episode, oh, Archie is sleeping with one of his teachers. So let's talk about statutory rape. Like let's like what? (laughs) I saw that episode, the the first episode and they, I guess she, or uh, I guess Arch had a thing with uh, what's her name? Mrs. Grundy. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Grundy. Yeah. Who I'm like, if, if if, if you look at Miss Grundy in the comics, it's a, it's like, whoa, Cause she's like, she basically looks like aunt may from the yeah. Spider-Man comics. Um, but no, in, in Riverdale, everyone is young, hot and attractive. Even the teachers. Yep. Damn. Yeah. See, see what you're missing. I apparently a lot. <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing like commercials for like episodes when I was watching flash and I'm, and, it, and I just scratched my head and I'm like, what the fuck is up with the show? Was, but I just yeah. never, I don't know. Like, I just like, you know what? No, I'm just, I'll yeah. Let it, it be. Like, I call it Sabrina, but I knew they were going to like, obviously like, yeah, like you said, like I, I would see commercials and I'm like in the trailer, I'm like, okay, so they're going to make it. They're going to, they're going to update it. They're going to make it, make it a little edgy. I get it, but there's edgy. And then there's <laughs> like, okay, we're going to lock the writers in the room for a weekend and give them a bunch of Coke. And let's see what they come up with. <laughs> which which makes me sad that there wouldn't be a Sabrina Riverdale crossover because like just rip that band-aid off, be like, yeah, there's supernatural shit in Riverdale. Like just do it. Because yeah. they always kind of p- played around with it, but they're like, oh no, it's just, you know, an elaborate hoax. But like Oh, and no, do it. Wasn't there a part of this of a season where they, they sort they had to of go to, they had to go to Greendale? Well, no, uh, well that, but I was going to th- say that they, they did like a thinly veiled afterlife with Archie. Wasn't there like a zombie um, like episode or like, they, like, or like, Oh, it was like their, their, their version of drugs. Like their drugs were called pop rocks. And wasn't there like a tainted batch of pop rocks that were like turning people into. Maybe. You know, I think this sounds right. Or was like, was was it Pop Rocks or was it Jingle Jangle? Oh, jing- that's right, <laughs> Jingle Jangle. Yeah, because they because because they don't come out and say uh, cocaine or meth, weed. It's like no, it, it's, it's, it's like these pixie sick tubes. Yeah, it's like these <laughs> these fictional drugs that have the worst names ever. Like, yo, man, I, I need to score some Jingle Jangle. Like that sounds like fiddle faddle. I know. It's like, I guess it's from like an old Archie like vinyl. Like from the Archies, it was one of their songs. It's called Jingle Jangle. So oh, it's God. like this weaving the wow. source material into this like absurd thing. 
but yeah, I think you know, I think you're right. There was something like that that, that was like making them not zombies, but go like aggro. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was like real crazy. Yeah. But yeah, even when they visited Greendale, like before Sabrina came out, um, the uh, Jughead had to make like a drug delivery to the neighboring thing, and and there's it was all spooky and they had weird noises, and there was some creepy dude on the road who like told them a weird ghost story about like you know the weird town of Greendale. So like they were like hinting at it, and then Sabrina came out, and then they kind of I thought that the Dungeons and Dragons shit was going to get supernatural. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's what it I was thought normal, too. but it was interesting because in the latest season of Sabrina, they, they visited Riverdale. They had to go to Riverdale to get like some ancient artifact from like, um, the blossom, like, um, estate. So they like went to the blossoms area and like dug up something and brought it back. And like, um, I guess one of the Blossom's ancestors was into the occult and was like this weird maple syrup monster. <laughs> and I was like, yes, do this in Riverdale, please. <laughs> Don't just keep this for Sabrina. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know all about like the Blossom's weird occult history. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and you know what? I, I really like everything that happened in Sabrina was crazy, but, but again, you knew going in that this show was going to be about the supernatural. So yeah. it's like you knew going in, like, okay, you're going to have to suspend, uh, suspend disbelief because it's a show about witches and warlocks and people with powers and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and everything just like everything in the show on that show. Like I, I love the way that show was made because everything felt every episode felt like it was fall. Yeah. No matter yeah. what time of year, like everything, it was like everyone was wearing sweaters and, you know, jackets and there were leaves. And the, like, I, I think, I don't think the sun ever shone in <laughs> yes. Sabrina. So, yeah, I, I that, that, that show had a really interesting aesthetic. I really enjoyed it. So I'm kind of sad to see it go. Yeah. And, uh, um, and yeah. And, and even more so the fact that like there could have been this, crossover yeah well i mean the, I, I did you watch the first part of the second season or i guess part three or i don't know how netflix splits it all up now um we watched I, i'm trying to think i don't know if actually i don't know if we finished the second season i think we maybe we did and then we saw the was there was a christmas special right yes yeah we saw that but not the most recent stuff okay no Okay, because they they do something with it too, where where it was also hinting, kind of like with Afterlife with Archie, um, they were getting some HP Lovecraft up in there, with like the the deep ones and like mm. Cthulhu and stuff, and I was like, oh shit, and then I guess we're not gonna get that. Oh, oh. right, like just just when you think Cthulhu is gonna be in the Riverdale universe. <laughs> Cthulhu would have made everything make sense. Yes, absolutely. Well, we, I tell you what, we're, we're running a little long. Let's maybe let's do some quick comic talk. Maybe let's maybe each do like one book. Sure. Okay. Um, and if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So I read snake eyes, dead game. Number one. 
from IDW. And this was, uh, it's a highly anticipated book because, uh, Rob Liefeld wrote and, uh, he did the art and story. This was, <laughs> I, I, this was an interesting book. I, I have to say, um, so I've, I think I've come full circle as far as, uh, Rob Liefeld goes, like when I was a kid and he was like on X-Force and like, he was just starting out. Like I loved his stuff. Or, or I think when I, I first discovered him, he was on, he, he was just, he was doing the Hawk and Dove miniseries for DC. He wasn't even on, he wasn't even working for Marvel yet, but I saw his, the cover to Hawk and Dove number one. And it just kind of was like nothing I'd ever seen up to that point. So, you know, through the eighties and into the nineties, I kind of followed him and, um, you know, and then he, you know, but he's, he, he's life felt. I mean, he's the, 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 the shine starts to come off eventually and, and, and you, and you see him for what he is. And, you know, then I was kind of a Liefeld basher for a long time. And then I've kind of come back around into liking him again, not necessarily for his art, a little bit for the art because of the nostalgia, um, and what it, what his art represents as far as a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to him on a couple of, well, I, I listened to his, um, interview on cartoonist kayfabe with, uh, Ed Piscor and Jim rug, which got me to listen to his, to Rob's new, to his own podcast called Rob Servations. <laughs> and, uh, and he's got, he, he's got this deep, unapologetic and enthusiastic love for comics for comics for pop culture for toys for movies television i mean just anything like that that you can consume it's like he's he's loves to talk about it and yeah he always seemed like a big kid yeah and you know and and he's he's a few years older than me he's like in his early 50s but you know i i I listen to his shows and i i really connect with what he's talking about and it's really interesting to me so I, I, I've kind of, like I said, I, I've, I think I've just come full circle, and I'm I'm, I'm at a good place <laughs> with Rob Liefeld, <laughs> you know. And then he's been he's been promoting this new Snake Eyes book, Snake Eyes Dead Game, and it's from IDW, which we get. We're you know fortunate enough that you know uh, uh, we get preview copies from IDW. They're mm-hmm. an awesome company. Uh, thank you very much to IDW. So I got to read the first issue of snake eyes dead game. Uh, I will say that this uh, preview copy, it's uh, 77 pages long. Holy crap. The first 42 pages are covers. Holy crap. What? There were, well, well, I, I would say I actually, no, I, I'm sorry. Take that back. I think there were 36 covers. 36 variant covers for this first issue. I think it on my tablet, it says 42, but that's only because I think some of the covers were wraparound. So they would technically sh- show up on the, I got you. on yeah. the e-reader as two pages, but let's just say there were over 30. I think there were 36. That's the number that sticks in my head. Let's just say over 30 variant covers. Um, some of them were variants, some of them were retailer incentives to celebrate the nineties. Like, <laughs> wow. 
Like that's yeah. a lot of covers. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it that's for sure. But even after all the covers, this book is still like clocks in it, like 33 pages, 34 pages, something well, that's like cool. that. It's very much a Rob Liefeld comic. It's um, <laughs> I'm not going to bash it, and I can't be mad at it because I, I know what it is going in. It's, you knew what you bought, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, he's not doing anything different. He's not reinventing the wheel. But I will say this. This is, <laughs> weirdly, some of the best Liefeld art I've seen in a long time. I know what his art is. You know, I, yeah. I, I get it. It's It's not anatomically anatomically correct and nine nine times out of ten his character his figures are wonky and they don't hold a gun right and everyone's got clenched jaws and you know but that's okay um (laughs) and and every pretty much every page and or every other page is like he's just doing pinup pages Mm -hmm. and then putting putting it together to make, you know, make a sequential story. Um, the story of which is not even, it's not even worth going into because it's, again, it's, it's, it's really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, it's really, Rob wanted to it's, draw it's a, a cool ninja guy. Yeah. He wanted to draw <laughs> snake eyes and it's, it's not the worst snake eyes I've ever seen. I have to say that, but I think your mileage will vary with this book. It's fun for me to to read because for a lot of reasons, for nostalgia, not just Rob and his art, but G.I. Joe in general. I'm a I'm a big Joe fan from from way back. I will say though, let me just do a little a little uh aside here. Um on Comixology, they have this uh like Com- Comixology Unlimited where yeah. you can you can borrow books, like single issue. There's a there's a certain there's a section of comics that you can just borrow for free um trade paperbacks big collections single issues things like that i've been the past week or so i've been rereading the gi joe classics like going back to like the actual marvel comics gi joe number one when like like herb trimpy was like working on it and stuff like that you tend to forget what a, a huge cast of characters they have to work with in gi joe yeah. and i feel like these days it's like gi joe consists of snake eyes scarlet roadblock and duke and, yeah. may- and maybe sometimes like beachhead and shipwreck because these are like visually the coolest looking characters and like flint you know like so you'll get like maybe a, a, a handful maybe like a dozen core joes and they just say F all to the rest of them. But there's like so many great characters in GI Joe. Inevitably what every Joe book boils down to is like, Oh, what's snake eyes up to <laughs> like snake eyes is essentially the Wolverine of yeah. GI Joe. Yeah. I, I always got that vibe even when I was a kid and I knew nothing about GI Joe. I knew he was the cool ninja toy yeah. that everybody wanted. Right. And, 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 and I get it. And he is, and he's, he is, he's the Boba Fett. He's cool. And he's all in black and he doesn't speak. He's the, he's the strong silent guy. He's a ninja. He's whatever. He's all these things, but it's like, at what point do you just get tired of just doing snake eyes stories? Mm-hmm. So 
but I think this was, you know, this is Rob wanting to do his snake eyes story. You know, I can't blame if, if, you know, if, if I had the talent and if like some comic comp, if, you know, IDW said to me, Hey, do you want to do a snake eyes story? Hell yeah. I could think of it. <laughs> I could think of a snake eyes story to do. I'm sure I've got one in me. Anyway, uh, I'm going to keep reading this because, because I'm just going to, because it's going to be, it's going to be stupid and it's going to be fun. And, and it's, it's like, you know, it's like watching a fast and furious movie. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's, or watching Riverdale. Yeah. You just, you, you, you leave your mind at the door. You just, you just enjoy it, you know, for the, for the time that you're reading it and you move on. But again, like I said, everyone's everyone's uh, mileage may vary. There are some people like, I mean, to say he's polarizing is an understatement. Rob Liefeld, like people either worship at the altar of Rob, or they're the opposite, and they're like, uh, all they do is say like, oh, he can't draw feet. All he does is draw pouches. Blah blah blah. Like, yeah, it's the same people bitching about the same things. Yeah, there's only so many for, times you can do a pouch joke. Yeah, exactly, or or a feet joke or whatever. It's like, and I tell you what, he draws feet in this one. I can't. I I, I don't know what to tell you. He's got <laughs> he learned. He, he figured it out. Yeah, I I think this is I I think this is kind of like a a a really um subtle fu to the haters. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's all he had. He had like thirty like. 30 pages of just feet. Yeah, no, sir. He's but actually I, check me out. I can totally do this, <laughs> man. But you know, I mean, you know, his, his thing is he would always draw his characters, um, strategically standing behind a boulder or like, there'd be like yeah. smoke. Yeah. yeah. Um, that he actually draws characters like in standing positions where, and you can see their feet. So I don't know what to tell you guys, all you haters out there, you better, <laughs> Suck it, hater. That's right. Suck it, haters. <laughs> I will have to admit, I am one of those haters. But I think the one thing I do like about Rob Liefeld is he brings like the yeah, like this infectious energy. Like you just gotta like hear what he's saying, and he just seems like very oh. fun to talk to. Yeah. And he wants to like do whatever. He's like, you know what? This comic needs more this. Like he's he just doesn't care, and that's that's kind of cool. Like I can as uh, someone that doesn't really appreciate his artwork, I can't appreciate a lot of his energy. It seems like he just has an abundance of it. Well, well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because let me let me just tell you this about his his podcast, his observations podcast. Um, I am not exaggerating when I say when he starts the show. I mean, unless there's some creative editing, but I don't think so. Um, I feel like. Rob's a pretty with a guy, but I feel like he's not sitting there for hours editing a podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I think he hits record and he does not stop talking until he hits stop. And his shows are an hour plus. And he just, he's like this stream of consciousness and he does, and he's by himself. He, there, there's no one that he, there's no sounding board. There's no one that he bounces off of. It's just him talking to into a microphone, and the the first episode I listened to, I wasn't prepared for it, and I, and I thought I came away from it thinking uh, he needs someone to talk to. This is a little too much information coming at me. But the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, no, this is right. This is him just literally talking into a microphone out into the internet, and this is 
there there have been I think like two episodes where he's actually had someone on. Every other episode is him just he he hits start and he does not stop until he hits you know until he stops recording I think. And it's like to me it's fascinating as a as a podcaster because it's like an endurance test. Mm-hmm. The fact that he can talk and talk and talk without someone else to talk to to take the the burden off is uh, you know it's I, tough. Any any time that I've done a, a show by myself because I've had to, I've hated it. You know, it's I, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to do like a solo podcast. What, when I first like was like, oh, podcasts are neat. I tried doing one. Um, I could maybe go 10 to 15 minutes before I was like, all right, well, I'm th- that's all I got. Like I'd have show notes and then talk yeah. a little bit, but it it's weird. It is. Yeah. It's weird. Right. It, it's weird to, yeah. to talk out loud to basically to yourself or to some imaginary audience. I think yeah. the only thing I figured out how to make it longer was if I was drawing and then talking as I was drawing. So you're, sure, so yeah. you're kind of keeping your mind off of it. A little bit. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Like I've done that. Uh, I used to have this show called Jello Shots, which I was. Oh yeah, yep. Oh, see, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that was a bit tough at first, and um, I decided to do it again for the seven by seven guys as like bonus material. Um, it was interesting for the first two, but the second, I actually have four made. But the the last two are just me and my daughter, so <laughs> I think I might actually just keep going with that because I kind of liked because the first two were just so like heavy thoughts, and then like the third one, like hey, guess what? We're recording on location. We're in West Virginia, <laughs> and you know, my kid in the morning wanted to talk about these cars, these plastic cars that they had at this place that we were renting, and you know that's what we did. And then uh, I hate to admit, I did kind of do like a Jay Leno thing with her because it was kind of funny for her. It's always kind of funny. By Jay Leno, I mean, like he always poked fun of like young people. And that's always. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, "Ah, screw you, man. You're just picking the dumbest people in the batch. (laughs) But um, Amelia sometimes makes us feel like extra old. Like just as a kid, she's just not because she's growing up and you're like, oh, my God, she was so little and we're older now. No, it's like, so you guys just had black and white TVs back in the day, right, Dad? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, not we had color. They were shaped like squares. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> or like that's she, the big difference. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that stuff was like 75 years ago. I'm like, no, it was just 10. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did that a couple times up there and and she yeah, she's having fun with it, so I have to record some more. <laughs> well, anyway, so if if you get a chance, yeah, I would say actually if you are a hater, you should check this book out because I think it might change your mind a little bit. Just a little bit. Um if you're a fan, you'll probably love this book a lot. And if you're somewhere in the middle, You'll probably enjoy it the way I did. So, so Snake Eyes, Dead Game, number one. I can't believe I'm giving it a recommendation, but check it out. 
Oh, and 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 check out check out Rob's observations. Just just listen to an episode if if uh, if you have the time. Like I said, they're about they're about an hour, give or take. But uh, he's a uh, he's got a lot to say, so it's it's uh, it's I think it's worth it. So uh, who wants to who wants to go next? I was gonna I was gonna let Sean tap in if he wants to. Sure. Um. Since that was such a, a high fun thing, I'm not going to do the the heavy book I was talking about for <laughs> the show. <laughs> but I was I was on vacation uh, just a couple days ago in Maryland, and I always like to bring a comic with me to read. This I got was Sandman Mystery Theater by Matt Wagner, Stephen T. Siegel, and guy davis and the trade is called the scorpion mm-hmm. uh for those that don't know sandman mystery theater it is not the neil gaming neil gaming sandman this is totally utterly different this is like pulp action comic book is this the it. gas mask guy yeah this yeah. is the gas mask guy yeah uh wesley dodds uh-huh he had the the gas gun and I had to admit, like, I really am enjoying this so far. I didn't realize I wasn't as far as I thought I was. Uh, I'm only still in, like, Act 2, but I'm at the end of Act 2. So, basically, the plot is, like, you know, there's this mystery, this murder mystery happening in, uh, I think it's, like, New York, I want to say. Yeah, I think it's New York in the, the, the 1930s. Yeah. It's it's and, it's post World War One, I, I think. Yeah, it's like pre World War Two. I think someone had said nineteen thirty eight. So yeah, in the book, because I I think I I feel like Wesley was actually in the war in World War One, but they don't really go into it that much. But in this one, they have, let's see, like there's been killings of like these rich elite type of things. So yeah, I guess this is kind of topical for now, but. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick it because of that. <laughs> um, and it's like a mysterious thing. Like this guy goes around and he has like a whip la- or like a bull whip and he kills these people. And um, the Sandman is on, on the mystery of it. So, and I have to say like, everything's been really good so far. Um, I've always been a, a fan of Guy Davis. I haven't had a chance to read all his stuff, but the stuff I have read, um, like I think it was like the Marquee and um, some BPRD stuff, I really enjoyed. And this is his earlier work was just as good. So it's I will definitely recommend this, like always. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, outside of like. Just the artwork's great. You can't go wrong with Guy Davis. Mm-hmm. No, I can, and I will. Uh, I will second Sean's recommendation. Um, I read this back in issues when it was first coming out, and it was. Uh, it was yeah. It's, it, it, it's just an excellent book. Yeah. Um, I do have a quick, quick one. I'll make it super quick because it's only a sketchbook. But I never buy sketchbooks. But in this particular case. I did. Um, it's a sketchbook by Chris Sanders, who is like, he's like a, an ex Disney artist. Hmm. 
he did Lilo and Stitch. Uh, I think he directed How to Train Your Dragon. And there's probably something in there, too. Oh, Meet the Crudes. Oh. So um, I've been following his work for years. And uh, during the pandemic, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to buy one of his sketchbooks. And it was actually really awesome. Like, there's really nice uh, sketches in there of, like, uh, cartoon animals and mermaids and um, all sorts of fun stuff. He even has like a pullout, like a like one of those old not pullout posters, but you know it's like a I don't know what they call it, like a trifold. Oh pullout. yeah, yep. So uh, you can get his sketchbook. It's like sketchbook number eight. So and that's like his newest one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Ooh. Nice. Okay. Uh, so I guess I'm up. Um, so I think I talked about the first one of these um, when they came out. Was it part of DC's Black Label thing? Um, it's Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Um, and I want... I'm going to double check this. I'm pretty sure. Actually, I don't think I need to double check this. I, uh, I, Amanda Connor does the artwork on it, but I don't think she colors it. I think they have somebody else do the coloring for her that I'm blanking on right now. Um, but either way, um, we've talked about it before on the show. Uh, it's a continuation of uh, the new 52 Harley Quinn book that they did um, back in the day. Uh, well, I guess not that far back in the day, but like, you know, six or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It, 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 it's, it very much feels like uh, just kind of a love letter to themselves. <laughs> yeah. uh, th- there's a lot of like little in-jokey stuff like you get with a lot of their, their books. Um, it kind of feels like it, it, it taps into the movie ever so vaguely by just having the same kind of characters involved in the storyline. But, but that's kind of where it uh, begins and ends. And, and the premise is very much the, uh, Harley has finally come back to Gotham after her, uh, you know, uh, trip or not even trip, but her, her, when she moved to Coney Island for that period of time. And it's the kind of the story of her coming back and the craziness that occurs during that. And it's got some appearances by like the Joker and, and a lot of the other um, usual Gotham characters, but it, it also had um, a, a fun guest appearance by uh, Tara, the one that, that like lived underground in the, Oh yeah. Yeah. So like they're, they're kind of like original character version of Tara that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and, and the premise was basically Harley, Harley's back in Gotham and she's going to rip off the Joker and, uh, uses Tara to, to get into an underground vault that the Joker has full of all the different Gotham rogues uh, secret stashes and whatnot that they had the Joker hold on to. Cause you know, why not? Whatever. Um, so she robs them and then she's going to redistribute the wealth to the various pe- people of Gotham as well as um, her Coney Island pals who I guess need the money because uh, 
some people that she got a loan from uh, are the knee kneecap break and types. <laughs> so she has to pay them back as well. Um, it, it's a fun book. Uh, I, I will always have the same issues I always have when it comes to the, uh, when when Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor are a little bit um, off off the leash, uh, and, and there's a lot of toilet humor in it, uh, which is always sort of like, it's fine in good measure, but some they always there's a line and they always cross it, and I'm like, what? I didn't I didn't need a full page discussion about what Harley's poop smells like, oh, but geez. thank you, <laughs> thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something yeah <laughs> and, and that's just i mean that's just the minor gripe the artwork's of course beautiful because it's amanda connor doing it all mm-hmm. um and and it's just a fun book it it, it it it's a lot of fun and even if you fell off the uh their new 52 book like i did it was easy enough to pick up and get what was going on um but i also feel as if it would work very well it's like an end cap to that series since I think it kind of also did kind of abruptly end. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it's, it's fun. Uh, there was a little, one little tidbit that I thought that was clever and it. It's kind of this, um, a tribute to, or no, not a tribute, a testament to Jimmy Palmiotti, like his attention to detail on things because uh, he had, Cassandra Kane stopped by Batgirl's house and to write Batgirl out of the story to be like, oh, well, this is why Cassandra Kane's in a bat costume for this this book, not just because I wanted to put her in a bat costume. Um, he was like, oh, yeah, Batgirl um, happened to break her leg um, in a bicycling accident, t- swerving out of the way to not hit a squirrel. Like, very like comic booky, like Silver Age feeling, but it was also just like, yes, this is why Batgirl isn't Batgirl and you get Cassandra Kane Batgirl instead. Mm. So it, I, I appreciate things like that because he puts thought into stuff that doesn't necessarily need it, but it's, it's nice that he'll close any potential loopholes or plot holes when necessary. Um, so that was nice, but yeah, overall I definitely recommend uh, this book. If you have any interest, even in just, Amanda Connor's artwork because it's it's that nice magazine-sized black label book. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it'll have a nice collected edition as well. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of like when Batman Damned and that stuff came out, it was also kind of that that oversized coffee table book format. So I'm sure they'll do the same for this as well. I think this is only three issues, so it 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 it'll be wrapping up soon, I guess. I'm sure it was going to wrap up sooner before uh, all the delays. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, you can never get enough, uh, a man artwork. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Yeah. We, that's, she's a, she's a talent that is sorely, sorely missed. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I don't know if she's just existing on, you know, the occasional job and then like commissions or, or what the, yeah, I mean, she, she does, does a lot of cover work. Uh, she's almost always doing covers or variant covers, but beyond that. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's a lot of co-writing. I, I think she definitely fell into liking the writing side of things probably because it's takes less time, 
than than doing her art, but mm-hmm. still, yeah, her art her art is sorely missed. Um uh anybody got anything else? No, I, I think that's that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, we're we're closing in on an hour and a half, so we should probably start wrapping it up. So um this has been episode 359 of the comic book pit. I'm Dan. And with me tonight, we have Sean. Hello, or good. <laughs> Sean doesn't know whether he's coming or going. Sorry. I'm tired. No, that's okay. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Sean's off to make breakfast. So <laughs> and we got link. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>